0: It might happen when you're attending your friend's birthday party. It might happen when you're waiting outside your kid's school to pick them up at the end of the day. And it might happen when you're at a social gathering for work or school and you don't know other people who are in the room. You're in this space, you're standing alone, and you're wondering why no one else is making an effort to chat you up. What the heck? And sometimes it's frustrating when you finally get the nerve to actually attend some kind of networking social group event, and then you drive home feeling like it was kind of pointless because no one seemed to be interested in roping you into their conversations and making friends with you. What's that all about? If that's the case, and it's an experience that you're having often, you may be unintentionally giving off vibes that read, do not approach me. And it's something many of us do without even realizing that it's happening. So today we're going to talk about the eight habits you sometimes fall into that make people resistant to approaching you. Now it needs to be said, this episode will not be the equivalent of that guy who shouts at you when you walk down the street and he's like, hey, smile, sweetie, you should smile. Okay. I'm not going to talk about this from a space of if you want people to like you, if you want to be nice, then get it together. Because being likable, while super helpful in many first time interactions with other people, is not the ultimate goal, but most friendships start with establishing rapport. And rapport begins with hello. And so if we can avoid some behaviors that may be getting in the way of making new connections, then it's worth it to identify some of those behaviors and to choose whether or not they're habits that we want to modify. And of course, if you're in a space right now where you don't want people to approach you, well, then listen to these tips and just do the exact opposite. (laughs) This is Friend Forward, the podcast. And if you're having girl problems, we got you. I'm Danielle Byer-Jackson, a certified friendship coach, and I am here to help you through it. Now, let me begin with this because normally I save this for the end of the episode, but I realize some people might be feeling left out or they don't want to miss out. And so let me emphasize one more time on on this week's episode, Uh, the price for our Friendship Elevated Coaching Program goes up on October 1st. And at the time of this episode being published, that's like one week away. We just had a member who said, I'm not going to lie, I've been sitting on this decision for three months. I decided to go for it. And so far, it's been literally exactly what I need. And so we walk you through the five phases of adult friendship. There are videos uh, that drop weekly, homework, exercises, and every other week I'm available for you for coaching. So you get four to five coaching sessions as well. The price goes up a week from today. And so you can get more information at betterfemalefriendships.com membership. I want to throw that out there for those of you who have been on the fence. I want you to jump in there and take advantage of our current pricing. So now that that's out there, Let's jump into this week's topic, which is those of us who are unintentionally giving vibes that say, don't come near me, even though we simultaneously want people to approach us. And so, you know, research tells us that most people decide whether or not they like someone within the first seven seconds of meeting them. And you don't need me to preach to you right now about how first impressions are important and how to position yourself to you know, receive people's invitations and to and to look nice and approachable. But it really does, it, it matters, especially for those of us who are saying, I want more connection in my life and, and I wanna make new friends. We just have to be aware, am I unintentionally giving signs that are sending the polar opposite message of what I'd actually like for my life? And so I'm gonna kinda of go through for you very quickly Eight things I want you to see if you're like, oh my God, that's so me, and I never realized. And it's just something that you can be a little more conscious of starting today. So, you ready to to jump right into this? Here we go. The 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 first unapproachable thing you might unintentionally be doing is having closed body language. And so, there are two things you can shift immediately that make a major difference. The first is the direction in which you point your toes. So, let's say you're in a group. Um, studies show that when you have your toes pointed inward toward each other, it looks like you're only focused on this person, these people, this group, and you're not interested in outsiders. So if you have your feet pointed to something, it looks like that's what you're interested in. And that's where your focus lies. So be careful about where your feet pointed, because it also kind of controls where your body is facing as well. And you want to have open body language. This goes for crossing your arms as well. So the very first thing is your body language is your head, Up, is your chest open and are your toes pointed outward or subtly kind of subconsciously indicating, you know, that you're pointing toward people you'd like to approach you to show that your body is open to kind of receiving this person's um, approach. So body language is the very first thing and a lot of us don't realize it's getting in the way. The second thing that makes us look unapproachable without us knowing is talking only to the friends that you came with. Now, a lot of us do that because either you know we want to party with them, so we're like, girl, let's go, and, and, and that's the main reason you invite them. Some of us do it because it's like our security blanket. And we're like, well, you come to this thing with me either way, if you are making the mistake of only talking to this person and hanging with this person and spending time, you guys go to the bathroom together and and go to get a drink together. If you do that, I understand that it's comforting. And I understand that the justification is, well, yeah, that's my friend. But if your goal is also to meet new people and to make some new connections, you might be getting in your own way because it looks like you're almost, I guess, like you're already spoken for, like you're already engaged. And it could signal to others that you don't want to be interrupted because you're already in the midst of your established group. And so at some points, while it might be uncomfortable or unnatural and you have to work at it, is there a point when you guys can split up safely as you each mingle? Or can you both be conscious of keeping your body language open together and inviting other people into your conversation? But be careful of how much you're leaning unconsciously on the company that you brought for the duration of the event, because it could be the very reason new people to not approach you. Something to consider. The third thing you might be doing that could turn people off or make them think you're not interested is not giving eye contact. Now, this is where you roll your eyes because you've heard this 50 times before, I'm sure, but it's proven that people who don't make eye contact, they look, uh, it can be perceived as being shifty or untrustworthy or lacking confidence or hiding something. All those associations, research has shown us, are made with people who do not make eye contact I understand some can argue, well, oh, I have social anxiety or, oh, it makes me uncomfortable. If that is you, I'm going to throw this out there, by the way. If you go on YouTube and you search um, the phrase eye contact practice, like there's literally a video titled video for practicing eye contact. (laughs) I mean, seriously. And if that is something that's like, oh, it makes me uncomfortable. You might just seriously need to practice that because it shows people I am interested I'm listening. I'm attentive. I'm open. I'm available and I'm tuned into you. And so as you're kind of scanning the room or whatever space you're in, it might be tempting to kind of look at things on the wall or whatever it is. But when your eyes do kind of glance over to someone, are you purposely not meeting their eyes? Because that is something that makes you look like you don't want to be bothered or approached, whether it's read as coldness or disinterest. Whatever it is, it might be working against your ultimate goal of making connections. Okay, so the fourth thing you might be doing that makes you unintentionally unapproachable is being super loud. Super loud. We're talking above like the average noise level, the decibels that are already taking place in the room. And some of us are like, okay, well, I'm just going to talk how I talk. And I appreciate that. I get that. I'm just saying my job is just to make you aware you choose how you want to work the information, but sometimes it is a turnoff or it's something that, um, makes people kind of step back and it's not as inviting to have the voice that's booming louder than everybody else's. And so being mindful of like how much we lean into our volume and to just entertain it as one possible idea of reasons why people might be, um, reluctant to approach something to consider. Okay. Um, Uh, the number five, uh, behavior that we sometimes exhibit that shows we're unapproachable is being negative. I mean, research shows that it's literally like a a repellent being negative. Now I'm not saying if you make some Clever, kind of witty remark about, you know, I don't know, the drinks or the temperature or the music. You know, for some people, they're like, okay, yes, I agree. But if everything you're saying while you're there is negative and you look like you're having a bad time, it's not attractive. And I mean, like, quite literally, it does not attract people. And so, this is not some toxic positivity thing about, hey, walk around with a smile on your face like an idiot and just talk about rainbows. Like, no, okay. But be mindful of, are you chronically complaining? And is it something that people in your, your tight vicinity and your proximity can hear, which is not attractive to hear the woman who's complaining all of the time and venting when you're supposed to be at a gathering that's relatively pleasant and is meant to be a pleasurable experience. And so just being mindful of those things, because it could be something that people in earshot um, are catching wind of, and it feels like a, a bit of a turnoff, a social turnoff. The next thing is to be aware of what you wear. And so I know this sounds silly, especially for my fellow Floridians, but even something like wearing sunglasses when you're indoors or wearing sunglasses the entire time is just something where it goes back to what we said before about making eye contact. We can't see your eyes. And so sometimes it feels like you you don't know who you're approaching. If you were to approach, you don't know what they look like because only half their faces, you know, exposed. And so little things like that, um, can also contribute to being a bit unapproachable. Um, now I'm not saying, and hopefully I don't have to keep saying this, but I'm emphasizing it for those who will be like, well, dang, Danielle, you know, not every person's going to be turned off by these things. Sometimes it's not—it's not even a conscious choice. It's not that people are scanning the room and saying, "Ah, oh, she has sunglasses, so no," and she's not smiling, so no. But it is something that sometimes subconsciously plays a role, and who we feel is warm and inviting and might be open to us approaching. And no one wants to be rejected. So if I even perceive that you are occupied or that you're um, upset, then why am I going to put myself in a position to approach? Okay. If we kind of stay in the lane of talking about what to wear, one tip I've given is sometimes if you're really struggling with, you know, getting out there, making connections and initiating conversation, one little hack too is wear things that are conversation pieces. Now I'm not saying dress up in some crazy getup, but wear those unique earrings, that unique watch. Wear that t-shirt that, you know, if you love DC or Marvel, you know, a t-shirt that indicates that because you're making it easy for others to approach you. You're inviting conversation and it's super simple. Um I've talked before and I, and we have a whole module on this and our friendship elevated program at betterfemalefriendships.com slash membership. Um, But sometimes we're so focused on our performance, what we're going to say when we arrive, what we're going to do. But are you simultaneously making yourself inviting to conversation as well? And compliments are such an easy go-to, especially in female circles. And so are you even having little things that spark that kind of conversation or that inspire questions about what you're wearing? So lean into wearing the earrings that are really unique from uh, an underground designer that you love. Love, or a T-shirt that signifies a a group that you're a part of, or a band that you can't get enough of, because it makes it easy for people to say, "Oh my gosh, me too." So look at the ways that you know what you're wearing, like the sunglasses all day long, could be a turn off, and how what you're wearing can actually be a tool to invite conversation, because people are looking for an opportunity to connect, and you're helping to make it easier and to show I'm open to it. Okay, the next sign would be being on your phone. Again, we've heard it a hundred times, but there was a research study that was done and they had people talk to other people. And with one group, they put the phone in the room uh, and had it just on the table while two people were talking. And then they did it again and they had the phone being absent. And for those people who were speaking to each other and they had a phone in the room on the table, they ranked how much they liked each other lower than those who were talking to each other for the first time in a room and the phone wasn't present. This shows that literally having a phone present, so imagine it being in your hand, but just on the phone next to you, we associate that with the person not being attentive. They're not, they're a little less likable. They seem uh, unreachable, busy, uh, that they're not just there or present. And so if that's the case, I'm not going to be on my phone because I don't want to create that effect when I'm out somewhere and the goal is to socialize with other people. And also, I know that that's an avoidant safety behavior. So some of us are like, "Well, what else do I do?" But think about it. If you're on the phone, I'm not necessarily saying people are going to see that and say, "Oh, well, she looks rude." But it might even be from a noble place that they choose not to approach you because you look busy. Like you look occupied, you look engaged. I don't know if you're on social media, if you're texting with a friend, but you look engaged. So I don't wanna be rude and interrupt whatever it is you're doing. So just being mindful of how many times we turn to the phone because it feels comfortable and we don't have to do the work, but a lot of us want to pat ourselves on the back for being um present when we show up to an event but we weren't present when we showed up to the event and then we go home wondering why we didn't get the kind of outcomes we were looking for so just something to keep in mind the next sign kind of goes with that one as well but being busy or looking occupied so it would be the equivalent of kind of being on the phone but the things you're doing to occupy yourself because you're not quite sure what to say to others or what to do which i understand And that's literally why we have a whole module on that, you know, in our program, because people are like, well, then dang, Danielle, what do I say? Like, how do I get this going? And I can, that's exactly what we talk about in the program. But because we don't know, we do things like occupy ourselves with looking at what's on the wall, being on the phone, talking, you know, exclusively to the people we came with, not realizing that all of those avoidant behaviors show people I'm busy and I'm not interested in being engaged with you. So, it's having a direct impact on the kind of connection that we like to receive. And then finally, not smiling. I know. I know. Did you see that one coming? Not smiling. But I want to share something with you because there were psychologists at the University of Wisconsin who published a paper and it was showing that people simulate the facial expressions of the people around them, like to create. Emotional responses in themselves. So you see a picture of somebody smiling, you're more inclined to do the same, and and vice versa. And so if that's the case, and we almost have like there's almost like a contagion about emotions and facial expressions, we'll kind of use that information to your advantage. Like think about that. So we talked about being negative, but you know if you visually look like you're being negative because you look bored or upset, and I know some of us are like Danielle, that is just my face. <laughs> That's actually my default face, too. I actually am being conscious when I am out and I'm like smiling and looking at people. It is something I am telling my brain to do. So, if that helps at all, um, but not smiling can make you look like you are bored or you are upset or you are not interested. I am not saying walk around with a fake smile plastered. But if you do make eye contact with someone for just like a moment, just like a subtle smile that that says hello, like the smile says hello, and then you move on about what it is you're doing. But that might have the person themselves receive a message of like, okay, so she'd be open, like she'd be cool to go up and strike a conversation with because she, that was almost like a green light, you know, and, and and it's a safety thing for her. Remember, we talked about we all kind of fear rejection. So if that's the case, and we're all thinking it, how can you make the approach um, and that task easier for others. And smiling, I know, but it's just one of those things that we can do every now and then to show people I am open to receiving your approach. So I, I this is not about being an approachable person all the time. It's not it's not about being likable. However, if our goal is to make connections because we know that connections lead to rapport and rapport leads to friendship, it is worth taking time to figure out what habits we're doing unintentionally that get in the way of our goals. It's up to you to decide what's comfortable for you, but I just at least want to make us aware of of how those messages are being received and getting in the way of our goals of making new connections and making new friends. That's it. So, as your new official friendship coach, Here's your homework. Listen closely. I have two tasks for you that are super simple that might help you better pinpoint things that you're doing, behaviors you're exhibiting that could possibly be turnoffs. One is I want you to ask people you trust, a close friend, even your parents, because they know you best, if there are things that you do that you feel like could give a bad first impression. Or what they might think of you if they were a stranger in a room that you walk in. Because people who love you and are close to you are going to give it to you straight. So why not ask and um, and remain open to whatever their feedback is. You can also ask relatively new friends what they thought of you when they first met you. Um, but kind of using our existing network for a little bit of intel and feedback is always helpful. So I challenge you to do that this week and see what they say. The second thing you could do, and I know some of you are like, Danielle, that's weird. But if you wanted to... You could almost record yourself like entering your bedroom just how you walk in your bedroom and to see how are you when you enter a room are you kind of awkward? Is your head down? Are your sunglasses on? Is your face in a, in a uh, position that just does not look inviting at all? And just kind of get some practice with it. And for those of you who really have bad social anxiety, your third task, I really want you to uh, take my suggestion earlier to YouTube, that video I was talking about, the video for practicing eye contact, and see how it makes you feel. If you want to share with me, you can come and find me on Instagram at Danielle Byer Jackson or at Friend Forward. Or you can get more information on how to create and maintain better friendships at betterfemalefriendships.com. Until then, you know that I am rooting for you always on your ongoing journey toward better female friendships. Until next time.